Hello, this is Marissa Schaefer from Dancewell Podcast, and today we have our second episode in a series on recovering from an injury. On this episode, I'll be joined by physical therapist Katrina Lee from Westside Dance Physical Therapy and dancer Sarah Adams, who is a soloist at the New York City Ballet. Katrina Lee grew up dancing ballet and modern in the San Francisco Bay Area. She graduated with a double major in dance and biological sciences from UC Santa Barbara and toured California and China with the UCSB Student Dance Company. She received her Doctor of Physical Therapy from Columbia University in 2014 and became a board-certified clinical specialist in orthopedic physical therapy in 2018. After touring with the Stomp North American Tour and working with New York Broadway community, she has now returned to her ballet roots working for Westside Dance and the New York City Ballet. Sarah Adams was born in Dennis, Massachusetts, and began her dance training at the age of six at the Mid-Cape Ballet Academy. She later studied at the Boston Ballet School before taking a summer course at the School of American Ballet, the official school of the New York City Ballet, during the summer of 2003. She enrolled as a full-time student at SAB from 2003 to 2008 and became an apprentice with the New York City Ballet in June of 2008 and a company member in the Corps de Ballet in September of 2009. In February of 2017, Sarah was promoted to soloist. Today, these two women will help me discuss the physiological process of recovering from an injury and additionally what to expect in physical therapy. So without further ado, I welcome Sarah and Katrina. Hi, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, so let's start. Uh, I think it's important to kind of differentiate between everyday aches and pains and like bigger time loss injuries. So we're going to start really quickly talking about aches and pains, and then we're going to dive more uh, into more time loss uh, type injuries. So um, everyday aches and pains are to be expected when you are a dancer. Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah, how do you manage these on a day-to-day -day basis? Everyday aches and pains versus like a severe injury you know, if you wake up and have like a sore muscle or stiff back or stiff like ankles, I consider those like an everyday like ache and pain and that's like kind of the norm. Um, and to manage that, I would go to physical therapy at the theater, which we get like a 15 minute time slot and get a massage or um, like released, like a muscle release or um, a, a manipulation of the ankle or the back just to get like a quick fix versus like a severe injury you would know because you'd have to take more time off. Right, right. What else would you add, Katrina? Uh, typically, um, for athletes and dancers in general, you kind of push into pain a lot on a daily basis. And so it's important to distinguish between a good pain and a bad pain. So good pain, typically when you're doing an exercise and you feel that muscle burn, that's so, so sweet, um, <laughs> that should be short and that should stop when the activity stops. It shouldn't continue, say, if you, you know, leave the studio and walk, you're still feeling that burn, that's a bad pain. Mm -hmm. um, also, you should feel a little fatigue. That's normal after doing something that's very, you know, physically challenging. But that fatigue should go away, you know, within 10 minutes by the end of the day. You should feel refreshed when you wake up the next day. It shouldn't last you like three to five days or so. That means that you're, you have been doing too much and your muscles and your energy stores aren't being recharged enough by just sleeping. Um, and typically, for bad pain, that's a signal that you're overstressing your muscles, your tendons, ligaments, cartilage, bone, all things you don't really want to stress out because that can lead to injury. Um, so in general, if you start to notice swelling with pain or pain that continues, like I said before, walking or even sleeping, it starts waking you up at night, or that when you're doing your performance is not that great, 
those are all bad signs. Mm -hmm. You also want to watch out for sudden weakness of your muscle, numbness and tingling, or just a gradual stiffening up. These are all red flags that you should probably go see a healthcare professional. Absolutely. Um, I think those are really good guidelines too. I think it's easy and correct me if I'm wrong to kind of get in your head um, and really want to do a show and blow past some of those warning signs. Um, so to be able to stop and, and listen to what's going on is super important. Super important. Yeah. Because yeah. as a dancer, you want to, you don't want to miss any show. Right. You want to push through like most people are like, well, I, I can't walk, but I can dance. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> well, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's important to like Katrina said, to look at for those signs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so let's move on to some to talk about time loss injuries. What are some of the more common reasons that we see time loss injuries? I mean, more severe injuries, like as Sarah was saying, that if you push yourself too hard, um, a lot of times there's not really one grand category of reason for injury, but one of the most contributing factors that we do see here um, is fatigue. So when you're so fatigued out, you, you're less able to protect yourself. You're less able to sense when your body is in a bad position. And so, you know, sometimes injuries happen by sheer dumb luck, but you're better able to protect yourself from these things when you're energized as opposed to so fatigued that you just go into the injury. And also when you get injured, if you're more energized, you can protect it, becomes a milder injury. Whereas when you're fatigued out, you go into the injury and it becomes more severe, which equals to more time out. Right. Absolutely. And, and that fatigue can come from literally being overworked in the studio and on stage, but also not providing yourself enough recovery time and not being adequately uh, fed and fueled, mm -hmm. that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So if your injury is super severe, there's sometimes a period where you actually need to like sit down and let your body rest and heal as opposed to continue dancing and modifying things. Um, so Katrina, what's going on physiologically uh, in the more acute stages of recovery or like at the beginning of recovery? Uh, in the beginning stages of recovery, uh, healthcare professionals typically just call the stage inflammation. So swelling happens. Blood, blood basically is coming to the area to help bring your natural healing process in. Uh, the stage lasts, you know, pretty much immediately when the injury happens and can last up to about three to five days, depending mm -hmm. on severity. Um, so typically you'll have vasoconstriction occur where your blood vessels will narrow down. Um, you'll have hemostasis, which basically is... Um, that your the chemicals in the site of injury signal the blood platelets to come and gather and form a clot to stop the bleeding. Mm. Always important. Yeah. You know, so you don't bleed out from you know a tiny injury. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. Very important. <laughs> you also have uh, the local nerve endings start sending pain signals to your brain. That's you know when you hurt yourself, you immediately feel pain. You know, uh, that's more protective mechanism so that you should start protecting your body. You should stop the activity that's hurting you, and you should start to rest it to allow healing. So this part of time, it's best actually to, you know, protect the area. As I said, you may, depending on injury, you might be immobilized with either a cast or brace. You might be told, okay, you can continue to walk, but you should stop dancing. It really just depends. And if you're not sure, you should totally consult your healthcare professional. Um, rest is really the best thing in this area. And you actually do want swelling to occur. Because like I said, your blood has natural healing mechanisms and it starts that healing process. And so a lot of people in the past, you know, when you hurt, their basic instinct is to take, you know, some kind of anti-inflammatory like Advil or Tylenol or Aleve and then pop some ice on it. Right. And all these things, you know, they take away the blood. Your blood is alre already constricting down. So you're already kind of halting a little bit of blood flow to protect it so that you can coagulate into a clot. And so by additionally taking these pain pills, additionally doing ice, you're actually really taking away from swelling. 
And the swelling, um, ultimately long-term, causes the regeneration of muscle fibers, regeneration of connected tissue, and the macrophages clean out all those dead tissues that have been injured. And so these, you know, the taking Advil, Tylenol, and ice slow that down. And so what you're left with, instead of good, healthy, regenerate tissue, is just a bunch of snarled scar tissue that is not as good, is not as elastic, not as strong as your normal ideal tissue. Yeah. That's a very good point. I also think it's important to note that, like, further down the line, if you're still taking ibuprofen, especially when we're going to return to class, which is something we'll talk about in a bit, if you can't feel what's going on in your body, how can you appropriately adjust class so that you can mm-hmm. continue to heal? Yeah. Um, Sarah, uh, from a dancer's perspective, what can you be doing at this point in time, like when you're kind of down and out for a second, um, mm-hmm. to be making the most of the period? Um, so rest is really important in the initial stage, but it's hard for a dancer to rest because yeah. they're so used to be moving um, and you want to move. But it's important to take that time, that initial period to rest and let your body heal. But you can, in the meantime, you can be getting like massages or acupuncture or doing low or to little n- impact exercise, mm-hmm. depending on the injury. Um, so you don't don't go crazy (laughs) (laughs) that's important um also getting involved i imagine in other activities too so at least you stay mentally kind of stimulated um right i like to do like yoga or swim or pilates um yeah i think it's important to keep moving yeah anything else you want to add um i guess with the whole bringing back to what we said before that you want swelling to happen Mm -hmm. there's also a difference you know the body is full of these crazy mediums there's a difference between good swelling and bad swelling yeah a little swelling to the area a little puffiness is fine but if you're say your ankle blows up after an ankle injury then you probably need to control that swelling because you especially down in the lower extremities when we're standing gravity pulls the blood down especially um, you don't really want swelling to get trapped you want swelling but you want that swelling to be fresh and new um, you don't want it to get stuck there in your Stasis. ankles, you know, yeah. a giant balloon for like two, three days. So if you yeah. can't, you know, put your shoes on, you can't put clothes on because of swelling, that's probably a sign that you have some really bad swelling. You should then take ice, do some elevation, wear some compression stockings, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's move on from the acute phase. And now we're like entering rehab, the a- more active phase of rehab. Um, so mm-hmm. once we've gotten past the initial rest period, we're going to be more active in PT. Um Let's talk about what you can expect during rehab, Katrina. Um, so with rehab, and I guess as speaking more generally with physical therapy, mm-hmm. um, you, can, you can do a lot of activities there. Um, depending on the injury, and the physical therapist will determine what's best for your injury, you might receive uh, manual therapy, which you know involves massage, myofascial work, scar mobilization if that's needed, mm-hmm. and also joint mobilization and sometimes manipulation. Um, you'll also, of course, do exercises to start regaining that strength, getting that endurance, building that back up. So you're testing that new regeneration of muscle tissue so they start you know, being able to do what you need to do. Uh, sometimes also they can use this period of time to start checking for compensatory patterns that you might have developed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, the body is great at adapting to pain. If you're in pain, you're going to adapt in some way so that you can still continue to function. And so later on down the line, that can actually lead to overuse injuries because you start putting too much stress on the other parts of your body. And sometimes also, um, you know, when PTs come in, they also see these patterns and say, oh, because of this old injury, you started stressing this one. And that's why you're here for like a hamstring strain. Um, And so 
being able to check in with that and start relearning all these new motor patterns so you're working in a more efficient, ideal way mm -hmm. uh, can also be expected. Um, depending on how you're reacting to the healing process, they can also do modalities for pain and to increase healing such as ice, heat packs, cold laser, ultrasound electrical stimulation, iontophoresis, and there's so much more than that. Um, you also might not just have the one injured body part worked on. PTs like to look above and below the joint because our body is a whole system. It's not just isolated to your knee or your ankle. You want to look at how your back is putting weight into your ankle, how your neck is putting weight down your back, things like that. And so you can expect to get quite a full body approach here in rehab. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> And you talked about neuromuscular re-education in terms of making sure that your body is moving efficiently. And sometimes we have to revisit old patterns too, right? To get your, to reteach your body how to say even do a plie or a tendu. Or yeah, typically um, progression wise in rehab, we, ex we start to look at just functional daily movements um, because you definitely want to be able to get around the city, especially here in New York City. It's so important to be able to walk, run up and down subway stairs whether to get into your apartment or get into the subway so you can get around. Uh, standing up, carrying loads of groceries home, things like that, yeah. uh, bending forward to put on shoes. You want to be able to get those cleared before then, once that's all settled, you can start beginning a return to dance progression. Great. And can we backtrack a second? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and talk about, so a second ago, Katrina, you talked about what's going on in the acute stage of injury, and we spent a lot of time talking about inflammation and how that's beneficial and we need inflammation. Um, so can you talk about now that, like, we've, we're past the inflammatory stage, what are the next stages of physiological healing? Yeah. So after that first week has passed and you've allowed the appropriate rest and the swelling to happen, uh, this is when the actual regeneration, the rebuilding of those, you know, damaged tissues begin. So the blood comes in, they bring macrophages, which um, most basic biology kids know. Uh, they clean up the debris, they start you know, uh, cleaning out the dead cells, uh, the necrotic cells, and they also activate satellite cells, which basically are little cells that float around waiting to be used. And they create these myoblasts, which then create muscle fibers, and they create these fibroblasts, which also create connective <laughs> tissue. <Yes. laughs> Very basic biology 101. Uh -huh. And you also get new blood vessels coming in to surround this new tissue so it has a bl uh, blood supply. And you also have nerve generating also. So this is when the pain will start to kind of start going down because you have new healthy nerves instead of these damaged nerves that are sending off pain signals. And so this whole uh, restoration period can typically last about six to eight weeks, depending on severity and depending the body part also, how well it's circulated with blood. Not every right. body part is created equal. And so uh, there's a big peak at two weeks. So especially that two week after you get injured, that's especially a good time a lot of people uh, begin physical therapy at this point because what you want to start doing is movement. Uh, movements will pump out the new, the old swelling, like we talked about before. You don't want old swelling to be to get stuck there. You want to bring in new blood, which nothing is more efficient at that than just movement. And so um, you really want to talk to your rehab professionals to find a movement that you can do without re-injuring the site, and that's going to really depend on the on the injury. Katrina, you mentioned um, healthcare professionals. So we can see a PT, obviously, Katrina's here talking about the rehab process. Hello. <laughs> but um, to both of you, what other types of healthcare professionals might you be seeing at this point? Um, I would say either like a sports psychologist, mm -hmm. um, nutritionist, acupuncture. Mm -hmm. I mean, you should, uh, other than all those great excellent <laughs> resources, um, you also may see a certified athletic trainer uh, to help with return to cross training because mm -hmm. you might be able to return to cross training before you get back to dance, depending yeah. 
that on the injury. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that will really help to start promoting that physical fitness because you want to be physically fit when you're getting yes, back to dance. Do. Yeah. <laughs> um, massage therapists also might be good. Um, and you definitely for sure want to be regularly seeing your orthopedic or dance medicine doctor. Um, you should be seeing them for about regularly like six to eight weeks or so. So this is good because they should be your first go-to and they can help prescribe you to all these other resources. Um, and they want to stay on top of your progress and monitor it. And also, more importantly, they get to authorize your insurance or your workers' compensation so so that you get paid. (laughs) (laughs) So depending also on the injury and the body type, uh, you might also find yourself seeing a podiatrist if you have any foot issues or need some, you know, custom orthotics or customize uh, inserts into your show shoes. Um, Or also chiropractors might be seen as well. Um, And so it's important also to note that while these are all possibilities, not everyone is going to be covered by your plan. So depending on your insurance, depending on your workers' comp plan, um, some some of them may not be covered. So that's kind of an expense that you might have to prepare for um, when your healthcare professional is talking to you about going to see them. Absolutely. And I I might add that even if they're outside of your plan, if they're um, recommended to you by someone that you really trust, uh, they might be an integral part in your rehab process. So um, being that your body is your instrument, uh, I might go out on a limb and and see that professional. It's definitely a worthy investment, I think. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to I'm going to throw this one in here. Sarah, you and I talked about this uh, a little earlier today. Um, Who do you look to? for a mentorship kind of during this process because when you're injured and you're seeing an orthopedic surgeon or, or an MD and a PT and you're out of like your normal spin of things, mm-hmm. it can kind of become a little bit daunting. Um, who would you turn to to help? I, I mean, the physical therapists advise us, I think, in the most um, important ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like going to a physical therapist is also like a, thera- a mental therapist too because yeah. – we come in like so distraught and thinking like our career is over when we're injured and for them to just be like, you're going to be okay Mm -hmm. is what you need to hear. Um, and then for them to tell us like the stages and the steps to take, um, instead of just like leaving us in the dust. (laughs) Right. So we need to hear from, it doesn't have to be the physical therapist. It could be a, an older dancer or another dancer who's like experienced the same injury just to know what steps to take to start the healing process. Yeah. I think, um, though, also be careful, I think, with talking about other, inj- uh, other people about your injury is that you always have that friend who goes, oh, yeah, I had back pain and try this thing. Right. right. And yeah. you want to make sure you clear that before you try it yeah. um, mm-hmm. with the healthcare professional. Because, you know, people are, you know, when you're talking, you want to offer advice to your friends. That's what you do. You want to help your friend. But then sometimes what works for your friend is not going to work for you because you have a different body type, different injury, different circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. So just be careful about who you reach out to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good to have a support group. Not good to use them for medical advice. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So returning to rehab is is the process linear? Like, can you expect to feel better every day or or setbacks kind of to be expected? Definitely setbacks um, are to be expected. You can go into start taking um, like a, a beginner ballet class, like starting back and that feel great. And then the next day you do the same exact stuff and you feel worse. Um, so it's definitely not linear and just to take each day as it is. And you can like learn from coming back um, a lot from where like the placement of like 
in your first position and tondus and degages like you relearn how to do all that stuff so i think it's important to to really listen and tune into that yeah absolutely i think uh coming back from rehab is especially challenging because the dancer body um, not only has to recover from you know dancing Mm -hmm. um, but it's still technically healing from the injury Um, after that regeneration phase there's the maturation of tissue which can last up to about anywhere six months to two years so you're still dealing with some form of healing even as you get back completely up to about two years after your injury and so you kind of need to do this kind of mental self-check every now and then just stay regular and cautious about that Um, because you know Sarah said when you do get back it feels great to be back in the studio your adrenaline's going your endorphins are going you're so happy to be there and then that can also kind of mask some subtle pain or signs that uh, your body's telling you you're doing too much. And so a good rule of thumb is that when you get back into the studio for that day, you think about, I can do this today, and then you do about a third of it. Right. Because mentally, yes, that's very frustrating, but physically, it's better to be cautious and slowly progress back into it rather than pushing too soon, and then you have a higher risk of re-injuring yourself or giving yourself a whole new injury. Um, because, like we said, that compensatory pattern that you develop. Mm-hmm. So a lot of dancers, they go in, they do something, say, I feel so good, I'm going to keep going, and then that was too much. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where mentorship of physical therapists or whoever else is on your rehab team is super important. And mm-hmm. to be honest, because we're not there to judge you, mm-hmm. we're there to help you um, and try to get you back as quickly as possible, even though it seems like we might be trying to hold you back. Yeah, and yeah. this is where also some rehearsal directors and teachers can come in also. And th- some of them are great at saying, you're doing too much, stop it. Right. Some of them also, they see you doing so well, they say, oh, keep going, because their job is to push you and challenge you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your body just isn't ready for that quite yet. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, that's something we cover in episode 26. Listeners, go back. Throwback. <laughs> <laughs> um, Throwback. Throw uh, to just to another important part of rehab is uh, the medical or the healthcare professionals um, occasionally talking to rehearsal directors if that's an avenue that is open mm-hmm. um, to make sure everyone's on the same page. Um, okay. So next... I think it's important to note that recovery is not just about going to PT and doing your exercises. <laughs> There's a lot more um, components to health and wellness. So um, what else is going on in healthy recovery? I mean, a lot of it is um, just making sure that you're in overall good health. Because mm-hmm. if your body is in a good health, your ability to heal yourself is more efficient. Yep. As opposed to if you're not feeling yourself, not getting the right nutrition, and this is where nutritionists would come in, um, not giving yourself the right fuel, mm-hmm. um, not getting that right amount of sleep, that full eight hours, sometimes the body just needs more. Um, especially when you're just freshly injured, sometimes you'll find yourself sleeping for like 10 hours a night yeah. and taking lots of naps, which is great, but mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the body needs that. And um, sometimes, depending on the injury, uh, maintaining some low to moderate intensity exercise will really help with that blood circulation, which we talked about before. Yep. Um, so things like gentle yoga, Pilates, biking, swimming, walking, and again, talk to your rehab professional so that you know that you're not doing yourself more harm, that you can still be safe Definitely. while also being active. Definitely. And you don't want to try to, or you want to try to avoid uh, things like infections, getting the cold or the flu, uh, alcohol and smoking, if you're on that, it's a great time to kick that habit because yeah. it's been scientifically shown that they really promote that vasoconstriction, which stops that healing process. And it really slows it down and you know increases how much scar tissue you form instead of good healthy tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, stress is also a big one. Uh, you want to try. This is where the sports psychologist would come in to help with that. 
or Sarah was saying, PTs kind of try. Right. But sometimes <laughs> if it doesn't work, we then send them to the real professionals. Right, absolutely. Because <laughs> um, sometimes when you're in that stress, that sympathetic uh, system kicks in, um, and those chemicals come in and they actually block that healing immune response. You get less blood flow again, that vasoconstriction. And also your nerve endings are also uh, have an increased sensitivity to pain. So you're going to feel things a lot more, which then is going to feed into the whole, I'm stressed out, I'm in pain. And then you're stuck in a downward cycle of anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Sarah, what do you find or what have you discussed with your peers uh, to be most frustrating about this part of rehab where you're like getting moving again, but you're not 100% there yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's frustrating because you're not disabled. I wouldn't say disabled, but you're you're not able to do normal tasks yeah. that you are used to. Um, like I broke my wrist and they're like, oh, you have all this free time now. And I could still take class, which was great, but I couldn't like brush my teeth with my right hand right. you know and so those things it just gets frustrating that you can't do normal tasks um even though you have all this free time it's not like you can like clean your apartment or grocery shop normally yeah so it those everyday activities um are difficult on top of not being able to perform or dance it just gets frustrating <laughs> definitely um and then again kind of circling back to this idea of like what can you do to make the most out of this phase of rehab both in and out of this studio um i would say do stuff that makes you feel good yeah <laughs> and moving i think for dancers is what makes us feel good um of course resting too like getting good night's sleep but moving like low impact stuff and stuff that doesn't hurt your injury more um just makes you feel happier mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely okay so returning to dance uh, this is yet another stage of recovery can you take us through that Katrina so returning to dance um, you basically go through kind of this um, progression of a ballet class mm -hmm. so you start with what we like to call a baby bar so that's basically just plies tendus working in parallel in first position that's right parallel I said it yes <laughs> um, doing those releves on two legs um, basically everything's on two legs first and then once you're able to work in that turned out position, getting those turnout muscles back on, you start building strength, you start building endurance of the basics, and eventually you can progress then to one-legged things, fondues, you know, releves on one leg, uh, frappes, getting that speed now. So you start to build uh, then speed agility, those quick, uh, quick footwork, power for those explosive jumps, mm -hmm. and basic you know, cardiovascular fitness in order to be able to dance. And then not only that, once you can take a full class, you want to start building that endurance in order to tolerate, you know, what pr all professionals need to be able to do. You take a class and then you spend long hours of rehearsal and then you perform and then you do that six days a week. So it's basically just this long progression of work hardening to get your body back into the shape that it once was. Um, so basically to that end, not every dancer is going to need or not every injury is going to need rehabilitation or physical therapy mm -hmm. per se. Sometimes you just need to rest and the body will, he will heal on its own. But every dancer, for sure, if you're out for a prolonged amount of time, say more than about two to three weeks, you should go through this process of hardening the body to get ready to return back to your job. Yeah. And at that point, I mean, here you have the luxury of, you know, being able to sign up for a time slot, even if you don't have like a, a physical therapy script. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's a good idea to come check in and say, okay. hey, like, what do I look like? What are my movement patterns look like? Mm -hmm. Like, how yeah. can I 
uh, kind of fine-tune myself before I got back in yeah. the studio. Because like I said before, the body's great at figuring it out. Totally. So you might be back, but you might not be back in the best efficient way. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good point. Um, and, then, and then just to kind of hammer this home, like returning to the studio, even though we're in this last phase of rehab, which is like the work hardening phase, um, still not necessarily a linear process, I imagine, as you're trying to refigure out kind of like what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, physiologically. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know. Please. All right. <laughs> physiologically, this is the final stage of healing, right? This process of returning back. And so physiologically, this happens about anywhere between three months to up to two years, like I said before, yeah. again, depending on the injury severity. And it's basically just that these, um, in the site of injury, you now have this kind of mass of both regenerated muscle and connective tissue, along with there are still some scar fibers because it's the quick uh, way to fill in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, is to do that both. And so you have this kind of clump in there that you want to slowly, as you're doing these return to activities, it remodels itself um, into these nice straight lines and some orientation, like you've ever seen a muscle, everything is very regularly ordered. Mm-hmm. And so then you retain that elasticity and strength by kind of doing these progressively challenging movements by putting progressively stressors on the site of injury. And then you know that you can start pushing that in that site of injury again. That's when you know you're fully back. Absolutely. Um, ladies, that was excellent. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, making the most out of rehabilitation yes. as a patient. Yeah, please. Um, some of the best patients um, who do the best are ones who don't mentally check out. Don't be a passive patient. Um, ask questions. If you're curious why something is happening, ask. Um, use the healthcare professionals as a good kind of resource. Um, so the more you're informed, the better you do. Ask them almost like on a regular basis every week, what should I be doing outside of this clinic? What exercises should I still be doing? Can I be biking? Can I be walking? Can I be doing the elliptical, running, doing this class, things like that? Um, Rehab professionals, well, I like to think we're great, are also human beings. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we, you know, uh, it becomes a little automatic in what we do every single day. And so you as the patient can help yourself by constantly checking in both with yourself and with your healthcare professional. Think about what what has been different since the last time you saw the professional. Let them know what's going on. Let them know what you feel with a certain exercise or getting worked on. Be your own advocate. And the more you put into rehabilitation, the more you get out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to note, like, yeah, we're only humans. We're we're there to support you mm-hmm. as much as possible. So even if you think it's a kind of silly question, I know you, like we hear the adage again. There are no silly questions. Yes. but like for real, <laughs> um, anything. ask yes. anything because it could actually be kind of a key in figuring out what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, great. I guess also just I don't know if this will be relevant to this, but also on the note of. Um, when you're back in and you're using all the um, acupuncture and massage therapy and even physical therapy and chiropractor, I think um, be careful because these activities are also, you know, they, they are micro stressors on the body as well. And so when you're getting back into all these activities and into dance, don't think that when you get these, you know, this work being done in your body that you're healing. It's actually Yes, in the long term, the next day, it will help promote healing as you rest. Again, rest is important. Right, rest is very um, important. But don't think when you get a massage, you're like, oh, I can keep dancing and I'm all restored. It's You are a little bit more fatigued than you were when you got off the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to yeah. give yourself time to recover before a massage. Yeah. Just like it's probably not a good idea to get like a very deep tissue massage right before you hop on stage. Or get a very intensive acupuncture session or yeah. something. Correct, yeah. correct, correct, mm-hmm. correct. Yes. Great. Um, well, thank you all, both thank of you, you, for your thank expertise. You. Thanks for having us on here. Of yes. course. Um, and 
Thanks so much. Yeah. Bye. 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 On behalf of Ellie and myself, I, Marissa Schaefer, want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dancewell Podcast. Like what you hear? Go to Stitcher, iTunes, or SoundCloud and search Dancewell Podcast and subscribe. You can also view all of our episodes and learn more about this podcast by visiting our website at www.dancewellpodcast.com. We wouldn't be where we are without generous contributions from our listeners. Your contributions help pay for our SoundCloud membership, website fees, upgrades, and our recording technology. If you too would like to make a contribution to DanceWell, please follow the link in the description of this podcast to visit our GoFundMe page. We thank you in advance for your support. And lastly, if you have questions or want to get in touch, email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.